Hello and welcome to this talk from Hersham Baptist Church. My name is Phil, I'm the pastor of the church here. It's great to have you with us. We're here to provide great Christian resources to help us all to be courageous in mission, Bible-saturated, spirit-dependent and loving of others. And if this is your first time with us, please hit like and subscribe below to stay in touch or get in contact with me through the links you can see on the screen next to me. We'd love to have a chance to get you involved in the life of our church and in our community. We've got a great programme of events going on. We've also got an Alpha course coming up soon, which we would love to have you on or to have someone you know or care about on. Alpha is a great chance to explore the meaning of life and the big questions of life in a low pressure and open environment with other people who are seeking the answers to life's big questions. So that course will be coming up soon. Please get in contact with me for more information. We're in the middle of a series looking at how we can be the people that God wants us to be in this season. And we're using the book of 2 Corinthians in the Bible to help us to do it. Last week, we thought about the importance of being people with a purpose. People with a purpose. Our purpose is to know Jesus, to be changed by him and then to be used by him to show his love to others. But being people with a purpose is pointless unless we have the strength to do something about it. Having a purpose is pointless unless you have the strength to do something about it. And that's what I want to think about this week. Before we dive in to look at what St Paul had to say about this issue, here's our lunchtime summary. This is a one-sentence summary of everything I'm going to talk about today. God wants to give us the strength we need to face life's challenges and to do his work. God wants to give us the strength we need to face life's challenges and to do his work. God wants to give us the strength we need to face life's challenges and to do his work. Well, we're going to dive straight in and look at the Bible this week. So I've got my Bible here. I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and I'm going to read verses 4 to 11. Why not read along with me at home? Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? That's a slightly weird reading, isn't it? Talking about Moses and his face glowing and people not being able to look at it. So let's unpack it a little bit together and see what Paul is saying here. Over the last few weeks, we've followed Paul's argument as he's been defending his leadership to the church in Corinth. They'd fallen out over Paul standing up to them when they were being abusive and doing the wrong thing. And as part of that, his leadership of the church had been challenged by some who felt they could do it better. Indeed, they thought they could do it for money. They were trying to sell the gospel to make money for themselves. 
And in response, Paul has begun to explain that Christian life and leadership is not primarily about qualifications or endorsements or even organisation and institutions. It's mainly about God's work in us and through us. Now, Paul, St. Paul, has had more impact on the world than almost any other individual. He's in the Premier League of influential people from history. And yet Paul himself was at pains to point out that he didn't do his own work in his own strength or power. He wasn't some sort of superhero or mega brain. Rather, Paul said, it's God's spirit who made him able to do the things that he did. To overcome the suffering that he faced. God's spirit, God's presence with us is so important that he can transform our ability both to work for God and to endure the sufferings we do face in this life. And to explain this to the Corinthian Christians, Paul picks up a story from the Old Testament about Moses, the man who gave the Jews the uh, Ten Commandments and the law. Exodus records that when God gave Moses the Jewish law, Moses experienced God's presence and this led to his face becoming sort of shining and bright, so much so that people felt uncomfortable looking at him. Now Paul goes on to explain that what Moses received from God was good, but nowhere near as good as what Christians received from Jesus. See, Moses received God's law and that's good. It shows us where we go wrong and it explains the consequences for what happens when we go wrong. But Jesus hasn't given us God's law, he's given us God's spirit, his presence with us, who can change us so that we do what is right. Not just telling us what we do is wrong or when we do something wrong, but changing us so we do what is right from the inside out. And instead of explaining the consequences of wrongdoing, giving life in the midst of death. So Paul says that getting the spirit is much better than getting the law. And yet Paul argues, if when Moses received the law, the lesser good, he experienced God's presence and glory, how much more will Christians experience God's presence and his glory when we receive his Holy Spirit? And and even more amazingly, if if Moses' law lasted for for a time, bits of it became obsolete very quickly. They'd move from living in tents to living in houses, for example. It passed in its relevance, uh, some of it. And yet the Holy Spirit and his presence with us and what Jesus has done for us is relevant forever. It lasts forever. It's never superseded. And so our experience of God's presence and his glory will also last forever. Now, that argument might seem a little bit weird to you and a little bit hard to follow. But at its heart, it's making some very important points about how God wants us to live, how we need to live, especially in seasons when life is hard as it is at the moment. And that's what we're going to look at now. All of the things that we're talking about this morning focus on what Paul spoke about the Holy Spirit God's Holy Spirit, his presence with us. First, Paul says, it's the Holy Spirit who gives us strength. He talks about this in verse 5. He says, in the NIV, it reads, not that we're competent in ourselves to claim anything, to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Now, that word competence is, is a pretty weak translation of the word. It's really talking about power, strength, 
ability, the, the, the stuff you need to cope, fibre, and the strength and power you need to be effective. Christians have been given the most extraordinary mission by God. We are to represent his son. We're Christians. We literally bear the name of Jesus to the world. We're supposed to speak of him and to share his light and his love with others. And that's a crazily difficult thing to ask ordinary people to do. Let's just pause and think about it for a minute. It's a bit like this. I I have a beautiful and funny and extraordinary daughter who's awesome in almost every way. But suppose that I tell her that her purpose in life, or at least today, is to lift my dumbbell weights above her head and start doing reps. There's no way she can do it. She just doesn't have the strength. She needs me to give her my strength to be able to achieve what I have given her to do. If we think about it for even a minute, we should realise that naturally we're no way near strong enough to represent God to the rest of the world. We need our Father's strength if we're going to lift that weight. But it might not be mission that daunts us. That might not be the thing which exposes our weakness. We're going through a really difficult season at the moment. Life is hard. Life is hard for those who are sick. There are large numbers of people in hospital who wouldn't ordinarily be there. Beyond that, the circumstances of the pandemic and even more our society's decision to radically limit normal life and social contact has placed a huge emotional, mental and spiritual burden on us. Lots of us are feeling flat. Lots of us are feeling downcast. Lots of us are feeling like we can't bear the weight. We can't lift the weight that's been given to us. Life is hard and it can seem too much to lift. How can we be strong enough? How can we be strong to live as Christians in this season? You know, whenever I think about this, my mind turns to uh, the runner Derek Redmond at the 1992 Olympics. Some of you may remember his story. For those who don't, Redmond was a 400 metre runner who'd won the world championship at the previous year's uh, games as part of the relay team. And he was tipped for winning an Olympic medal at the 1992 Olympic Games when the unthinkable happened in his semi-final. Redmond was running well when he heard a pop, uh, which was his hamstring, the uh, uh, muscle running down the back of your leg, popping and uh, coming apart. He was crippled and in pain. He couldn't keep on running and he fell to the floor and medics came onto the track to try and lift Redmond off. When out of the crowd ran another man who picked Redmond up and as Redmond hobbled on towards the finish line, put his arm around him and carried him and helped him to hobble to the end, helping him get back in his lane so that Redmond could finish the race in whatever strength he had there with the support of the man companion alongside him. The man helping Redmond to finish his race was his father. When the pain was too difficult to bear, when Redmond was collapsed and on the floor, when it seemed as if he couldn't get on with life and with finishing what he'd begun, his father came alongside him and picked him up and to the roars of a stadium crowded with people, they finished the race together. At times we need someone else's strength to make us able to finish the race. At times life is so hard, 
It can feel as if it crushes us. And yet the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and he will, he will pick us up if we will allow him and he will make us able to keep on running. We might need to hobble for a bit, but we'll finish it together. Paul experienced something of this. He writes in his letters of some of the trials he faced. You can read about them in the second half of Acts. In Second uh, Corinthians, he writes that he, fin- he experienced troubles, hardships and distresses, beatings, imprisonments, riots, hard work, sleepless nights, hunger. He was betrayed by his friends and disowned by his countrymen. Life for St. Paul was really hard. So when he says, I'm not competent to do this in my own strength, what he's saying is, I need God's power to be able to get through this. I need someone to to put his arm around me and make me able to run the race. If we're going to be strong in this season, we need to be people who depend on God's spirit and who receive his strength to keep on going. Don't fall to the track and stay there. Look up and see the one coming alongside you, wanting to pick you up and run with you so that you and he can finish the race together. So the Spirit strengthens us, but God's Spirit will do something more than that if we will let him. He will change us morally, spiritually, and he will give us hope. Paul says in verse 8 that the Holy Spirit brings righteousness in us he works to bring righteousness he has the ministry the working of righteousness that is he takes things that are wrong and he makes them right when we work with him when we cooperate with him the holy spirit works in our lives to make us more like jesus see this is a season when we're under pressure and when you put things under pressure they begin to crack i uh, am loving playing hockey at the moment with my two boys It's been a great joy, um, one of the few joys in lockdown to be able to play hockey together. And we smack this ball. It's a little plastic ball filled with air and holes around the edge. We smack it to and forth, to and forth, until one day the pressure just got too much. And a tiny little flaw in the ball started to spread and to spread and to spread until eventually we hit it and there was a crack all the way around it. You see, pressure reveals the flaws in what it applies to. When you put something under pressure, it exposes the cracks. And being in pressure in this season exposes the cracks in my heart, the cracks in my soul and my character. The areas, in other words, where I need God to work on me. There's nothing quite like being locked in a house with four other people for several months to show me where my soul needs work. It's a bit like whacking that ball backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, until eventually the crack spreads and everyone can see it. The temper that I was better at keeping for months, even years, seems to have researched. My tendency to selfishness and self-centeredness is clearer. My lack of patience is exposed. And what am I supposed to do with all of this? Well, partly our society's answer is, well, go easy on yourself. Go easy on yourself. It's a difficult season. And there's truth in that. There's wisdom in that. We don't want to be hypercritical. We do sometimes need to cut each other and cut ourselves some slack. But the truth is, deep down, I don't want to go easy on myself. I don't want to say, oh, well, it was a lockdown, so of course I got angry with my kids. I shouted at my wife. I was greedy or I was X or Y or whatever. I don't want to be like that. I want to be different. I want to be like Jesus. 
I want to take this opportunity to fix the ball. The pressure's exposed the cracks in my soul. I need him to fix them. I don't want him to cover them up. To do that, we need to come to God, to acknowledge the problems we're noticing and to ask him to change us by filling us with the Spirit. It's only as we acknowledge our flaws and face them with God that he can change us. He won't do it without our cooperation. And the amazing thing is that he does change us. It isn't usually instant, but it is real and it's noticeable. And then finally, as we do that, God gives us hope. He gives us hope. Paul says in verses 10 and 11, for what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. In other words, what we know in Jesus is far better than was ever known before. And if those things which passed away came with some glory, how much more will this, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Do you know that what God is doing in you will last? What Jesus has done for you will last. His glory is eternal forever and ever. It is so hard to keep going in the midst of a pandemic. It is so hard. I mean, you can't even book proper holidays because you don't know if you're going to be permitted by the government to go away on them. It is hard to keep going. In the midst of restrictions that never seem to end. But friends, our hope is not for the lifting of restrictions. It is not even to see the hospitals emptied. Those things are great and they are good and we pray for them weekly, daily. We want to see lives saved and lives changed, people restored to freedom and to happiness and to hope. But that's not what we're looking for ultimately. These things are not our ultimate focus. Jesus is. The hope that's set before us is the eternal glory of God. And friends, that has been bought for you by the Son of God himself. And he will hold you in that. And if we let let him, he will lift our eyes beyond our circumstances up to see the mountaintop. I think of my brother in Christ, a fellow Baptist pastor, Martin Luther King Jr., who said to those battling for years against the forces of oppression and injustice that uh, kept his people in segregation and discrimination across America and beyond, when he said to them, I have been to the mountaintop. I've been to the mountaintop. And he'd seen the promised land. So I may not get there with you. But I've seen it. And he he was echoing the words of Moses. The pastor was quoting Moses or quoting the story of Moses. I've seen it. I've seen it. It feels like a long journey, but I've seen it. Now, King's vision was for was for justice in this life. But but beyond that, he wanted to point his people to the next as well. To say, keep going, have hope. In Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the prize far outstrips others. We can only see it if we are intentionally walking with the Spirit. So what does this mean in practice? Well, I want to suggest three things to close. First, we need to be real about our need for God's strength and what is going to get us through. We need to be honest with ourselves about what is actually going to help us in this season. I know that many of us are struggling at the moment. 
We should be clear about what will help and what won't help. It's tempting to withdraw from our problems, to mask them by distracting ourselves with scrolling on the internet on our devices, with binge-watching TV, with eating or drinking too much. Now, I'll confess I've faced that temptation myself. I no longer drink, so not that one. But, but all of the others, at some point or other, I have faced. And there is something good about giving ourselves some slack, some time to recover But we need to be clear that these things will not ultimately help us to get through this season in a healthy and productive way. They won't make us happy. They might dull the pain for a while. They won't help us through. They won't feed our souls. They're like McDonald's. It's nice to eat once, but you keep eating it every day and you'll feel pretty rough after a while. It doesn't ultimately satisfy If we are to cope and to receive God's strength, it means getting into his presence. We need to get into his presence. Now, I don't want to pile more you should, you should, you should on top of people's backs. I don't want to load up burdens that are too heavy to bear. But I do want to say that there is only really one way to get through this in a happy and healthy way. And that's to come to Jesus. He himself said these words, come to me or you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, if we want him to take the burden from us, we have to come to him with it. And it's not as easy as sitting in front of the TV. But it is more satisfying, it is more healthy If we're to cope and receive God's strength, we need to prioritise getting into his presence. It means doing the harder thing and reading the Bible, finding time to pray, going for walks to meditate and be quiet and hear from God, coming to a life group if you can. It's only through intentionally drawing on God's resources that we will be strong enough to cope. Second, we need to be filled with the Spirit. If you've never asked God to fill you with the Spirit, to baptise you with his Spirit, then come and pray and ask him today. If you really want that, if you really want more of the experience of relationship with God's spirit, he will fill your life. But you need to ask. And if you have been filled with the spirit, if you've had those experiences in the past, go on asking to be filled. Renew that relationship every day. And then finally, we need to encourage one another. Paul was writing these words to the Corinthians in part so they understood his ministry, but part so that they knew how to walk through suffering. We have to encourage one another. Get on WhatsApp. Get on your messaging service. Get on email. Get on the phone. Send someone a message. Tell them what Jesus is doing in your life. Tell them how much you appreciate them. Tell them you liked what they said last week. Tell them the Bible reference that spoke to you. Just say hi. Encourage one another. It's so easy and yet so powerful. My friends, God wants to give us the strength we need to face life's challenges and to do his work. Stay with us for communion.